0: Heavenly Father, I adore you and I love you. And I thank you, Lord God, for this time to be able to speak to your young people, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you would humble me, Lord God, that you would make me small, that you would speak through me, Lord God. Father, use me, Lord God, to touch their hearts, Father God. Spirit of God, you dwell inside of me. I ask that you speak through me. In the name of Jesus, I pray. I love you. In the name of Jesus, amen. the name of Jesus All right. Everybody wants to be a hero. Part two. This whole page right here is gonna be all recap. Last week we talked about people love to be the hero. People love to be the hero. They wanna be the rescuer. They wanna they wanna rescue somebody. When I was younger in school, I used to daydream about being the hero. It was in a selfish manner because I wanted people to see me and be like, "Woo!" You know, he saved the day, you know. I, seriously, I was in class, you know, and I get bored, I would daydream sometimes about, you know someone coming in with a gun or something and I get up and, you know, I come up behind them and hit him with a book bag or something, you know. And, and everybody would be happy. That was me wanting to be the hero. Um, and this was like in middle school. Um, but um, another, another way, I'll, I'll save that testimony for later, but we have to know and understand that, that they need Jesus. They don't, they don't need you. Okay? They need Jesus. There's ways that you can allow Jesus to work through you to help them. And we'll get into that. Okay? And we'll get into that. So there's not like you don't need to do nothing because there is a lot that we're commanded to do according to Scripture. Um, point number two in the recap is everyone needs a good friend and has new creations. Christians, new creations in Christ. Okay? We should desire to be that friend to everyone. We should desire to love people. The Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. We should desire to love them with the love that's talked about in Scripture, godly love. Not our own understanding of what love is. Oh, I gave you, you know, I gave you candy the other day. I loved you. No, you don't love me. I ain't love, you know what I mean? You're just being nice. True love. Patience. Enduring all things with them. You know, really burden for them. Do you go home and pray for them from the bottom of your heart? Do you really seek God's face for them? God, they you know their parents, I know their parents are arguing because they talk to me and I know they're hurt by it. Lord, are you are you really heartbroken? Do you really have a burden for these people? Do you really love them? Okay? That's the type of, of people they need in their life and as new creations, that's who we're called to be. There's a song that says, If we are the body, why aren't his arms reaching? Why are his hands hands what? Healing. 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 You know? If we're the body, it's talking us. We're the body of Christ. If if we're the body of Christ, we're his arms, we're his legs, we're his feet. You know, how come our arms are reaching for people to try to, to rescue them? You know what I mean? Allow Christ to use us to rescue Okay. Point number three, that friend is found in Jesus. All right? So you want to be a hero? That's fine and jandy. Know that they need Jesus. You want to be a good friend to them? Good. You should want to be a good friend to them. But know that you need to be operating in the spirit because that's what they need. They need God. They need God. you got to operate in the spirit. How do you operate in the spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness. I talk fast all the time, so I'm trying to talk slow. Gentleness. faithfulness, self-control. These are the fruit of the Spirit. See an apple tree over there? It's got apples coming off of it. Who would have thought? Right? Or do you see an orange tree? you got oranges coming off of it. Well, if you see somebody that's filled with the Holy Spirit, they should be bearing these fruit. How do you know a tree? Do you know a tree by its fruit? Okay, We'll get into that later, too. How can one born into sin, us, who who here was born into sin? All of us. The Bible says we were all born into sin. That was a trick question. We're all born into sin, all right? So how can one, this is a question, how can one, how can people born into sin be a good friend? God has made a way. He made a way through Christ. Okay, Jesus said, if anyone wants to follow after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow after me daily. All right? You don't live for Coleman no more. You live for Jesus, period. That's how somebody born into sin can be a good friend. Because you love them, you care about their eternal salvation. You care about their well-being in God's eyes, not just oh, you you know, you don't care about worldly things. Focal point: obeying the sinful mindset and or obeying sin will lead to death. Okay, having a mindset that's sinful, obeying sin is going to lead to death. What type of death? Oh, you're like oh, everybody dies. No, I'm not talking about that death. I'm talking about eternal death. I'm talking about separation from God. It's like the worst thing in the whole world, the whole universe, times a billion, trillion, billion, trillion, again and again. <laughs> no one wants to be separated from God. I hope. Number so two, obeying the obedient mindset, or being slaves to obedience, will produce righteousness. Romans six sixteen. All right. So you can obey sin, you can obey obedience. Okay. That's, that's the way you do it. You say, okay, I'm going to be obedient to what God wants me to do. Simple as that. We make things hard. I know I do all the time. There's two kinds of folks. This is still recap. Those who need to be rescued, no relationship with Jesus. Those who have been rescued, relationship with Jesus. Okay? Those headed for destruction, no relationship with Jesus. Those who are waving goodbye to destruction, in relationship with Jesus. Okay? So, moving right along. This week's message. What does everyone need to be rescued from? You keep talking about being a hero. You keep talking about Jesus needing to rescue. What do we need to be rescued from? The righteous judgment of God. Does that make sense? What is the righteous judgment of God? The righteous judgment of God is, all right, bear with me now. All right, and I don't want y'all to get all scared and freaked out. This is the righteous judgment of God. Depart from me. I never knew you. 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 All the way through, all the way to me, apart from me. I never knew you. That's the righteous judgment of God. Why? Because all sinners deserve eternal damnation. The Bible says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That includes me, that includes you. Okay? So, there's good news. There's good news. All right? The Bible says in Isaiah 59:2, But your iniquities, your sins, have separated you from God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear you. Think about that if everyone's born into sin and our sins separate us from God and he can't hear us how can we ask for forgiveness how can we repent for our sins that's the importance of Jesus made him who knew no sin to be sin that we might become the righteous of God through him that's all through Jesus that's it okay so what does everyone need to be rescued from the righteous judgment of God. The righteous judgment of God. Good. I'm glad you participated. The righteous judgment of God. That's what we need to be saved from. It would be righteous for God to send me to hell. That's his righteous judgment. But through Jesus, I'm saved. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Y'all are with me. We're saved from the righteous judgment of God. Point number two, it is important to know that we are not the Savior me wanting to go in with my book bag and save them, that would just be a natural saving, you know, everybody would praise me, hi, hi, thank you Chad, taking all the attention away from Christ and putting it on me, innocently, but still doing it, okay, we are not the savior, okay, understand that, no one will be saved from eternal punishment from being in relationship with Nathan, no one will be saved from eternal punishment from being in relationship with Cassie, No one will be saved from eternal punishment from being in a relationship with John. This ain't going to happen. I would be nice, but then you would be the Savior. We are not the Savior. Understand that. We should never pull attention away from God towards ourselves, intentionally or unintentionally. If it's unintentional, just try to be careful and prayerful. We don't want to pull attention away from God, away from Jesus, and put it on ourselves. Yes. Wait, so if a fireman drags out a child from a burden building, job. that would make him a savior? That's their no, that's their job. Their job is to save people from fires. Let me ask you a question. You? Let me ask did you a question. Let, question. Let me you? ask you a question. Guys, listen up. Let me ask you a question. Listen up, listen up. Okay. I don't know when Hitler started his reign, but let's say it was at 25. And let's say at 23, a fireman pulled him out of a fire and rescued him. Is he saved from eternal punishment? I seriously doubt it. Unless he gave his life to the Lord right on his deathbed, which I seriously doubt as well. Okay? Yeah, he killed himself. So, yeah. Oh, God, please uh, repent for my sins. You know, come on. Here's my point. You can be rescued from a fire 40 times in your life. Okay? And rescued from drowning 10 times. So you got saved 50 times and still go to hell. All right? That fireman is not the savior. He has naturally saved that person's physical life. He has allowed that person to live another X amount of years All right. to hopefully go and spend eternity with God. We're talking about eternity here. That's what's most important. That's what a true friend is. Fireman who doesn't love Jesus may be a good friend by pulling him out of the fire, but are you a better friend? Are you my best friend because you told me who Jesus was and tried to pull me out of hell? That's the fire I want to be pulled out of. Good question. So we should never pull attention away from God onto ourselves. Don't do that. Bobby, there's one seat left in the front. I think your name's on it. God loves them more than we can comprehend, and that is the love that they really need. Follow me here. God loves them more than we can comprehend, and that's the love they really need, and more often than not, that is the love that they've been searching for. You guys have heard the phrase, looking for love in all the wrong places? Song, is it a song? Yes. A lot of people look for drugs and love, um, in, in, uh, relationships with people. They look for love and drugs, hobbies, all the letdown. All the letdown. The Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? Absolutely nothing. There's no profit in that at all. I don't gain whole lot Yeah, that's right. That is a song. But well, you know, he got that. He got that out of the Bible. I should, start, I should just start making songs and just writing down scripture and singing them. I wish I could sing. All right. The next point is the rescuer mentality can cause us to end up involved in spiritual harmful relationships. You guys follow me? I know, every time I start reading a lot, it's like, oh, I don't want to lose anyone. The rescuer mentality, I want to be the rescuer. I want to be the hero. That mentality can cause you to be in a harmful spiritual relationship, a harmful relationship, particularly intimate relationships, causing you to be unevenly yoked. Here's a testimony. Whenever I first gave my life to the Lord, actually, it was kind of like the Lord coming down and smacking me in the face and taking my life from me. Whenever I was 17 years old, almost 18, the Lord revealed himself to me three different times. I ended up surrendering myself to him in totality. I didn't want nothing to do with me. I just wanted to be sold out for Christ, period. What do you want me to do? When we walked out, I'm going to walk that way. One time I poured out my whole bowl of ice cream because I forgot to pray for it. That's just, I'm, I'm just saying. The Spirit of God was like, look, you didn't pray for the ice cream. I was like, okay. <laughs> that was my favorite ice cream, too. And I was and then I was going to go get more. He's like, oh, so what are you going to do? Go get more? Why do you pour it out? I know I was crazy like that. I used to do some crazy stuff. I actually thought about guys out of my eyeball whenever in the scripture that says it's better for you to lose your eye than to enter the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> to lose your hand or to pluck out your eye than you know to enter the kingdom of heaven name. I know I'm going on a rabbit trail, but listen, <laughs> I'm just telling you that it was crazy back then. All right, but um, there was a girl. Uh, this there, there was a girl who I worked with when I delivered pizzas, and she had a child. Alright, she had a child. She didn't know Jesus. Alright? Listen, having the rescuer mentality can cause you to end up in a spiritually harmful relationship. Particularly intimate relationships that cause you to be unevenly yoked. Okay? Bear with me here, listen. Whenever I I, I met this girl, alright, and she and I knew Jesus at this point, you know, I was trying to do everything righteous. I was just trying to be the most righteous individual I could possibly be. And she had a child. So I felt bad for her. I wanted to be her hero. I wanted to rescue her. I knew that that child needed a good father. I could be a good father. I knew that child would need someone to teach that child about the word of God. Well, I can do that. I was confident that I could do those things. I could offer those things to this young lady. So I began to speak to her. We began to uh, kind of court a little bit. But there was no foundation in our relationship. Just because me wanting to be a hero, me wanting to be the rescuer, instead of presenting the gospel to her, I just knew what I could offer her child, because really that's why I started to talk to this girl. Thank God that the spirit of God was like, look, you need to run. So after about a month, I was like, I kind of feel bad now, but I was just like, you know what, this, you know, God bless you. And I just never called her again. But, um, you know, it's not like we were really involved, but I mean, I'm glad that God spared me from that relationship, because that's definitely not of God. Um. I was blinded by that rescuer mentality, you know, on being too confident in my own heroic abilities instead of being confident in what Jesus can do, instead of saying, look, you need to get saved, girl. You need to know that God loves you more than you could even desire to be loved. I know you're raising this child by yourself. I know it's hard for you, but Jesus loves you. Jesus wants to help you raise this child. He wants to give you wisdom. He wants to pour into your life understanding and knowledge of who he is. Just turn to him, seek him like a hidden treasure. He says, draw close to me, and I'll draw close to you. That's all he wants you to do. Instead of me presenting that to her, I was like, you know, acting like I was somebody. Um, 2 Corinthians 6, 14 through 18 says, this can apply to all of us. Do not be unequally yoked. We're going to work on this lighting in here. We're going to get it right. See, every, every time you guys come in here, there's like an improvement. You know, all that stuff was here, now it's mounted. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. What does that mean? If your best friend is someone that don't know Jesus, you're unevenly yoked. I'm not saying don't hang out with people who don't know Jesus because they need the gospel. But don't, that, ain't, that shouldn't be your best friend. That shouldn't be who you go talk to about your situations. That shouldn't be who you chill with all the time. You need to be hanging out with people who love Jesus. Jesus. Otherwise, you're unequally yoked, and you're not following the word of God. This isn't Pastor Chad talking. It says, like don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. It's different if you live in a household and your brother ain't saved. I mean, that's a little bit different. Okay? For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? So here you are, a believer, trusting in Christ, loving Jesus. All you want to do is obey Jesus, and you're hanging out with these unbelievers who all they want to do is sin. The Bible says, she, "She lost it." The Bible says, <laughs> "For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness?" What does that mean? For what fellowship does people of God have with people who, with, with, with people who are straight up disobeying God's word? That's lawlessness. And what wow. communion has light with darkness? Have you guys ever seen like light and darkness like get along? I mean, it's like when light comes, darkness leaves. That's just the way it goes. We turn out the lights right now. I don't can see nothing. You turn on the light, darkness is gone. Verse 15. And what accord has Christ with Baal? Basically, it's just talking about an idol back then, a false god. At what point has a believer with an unbeliever? Verse 16. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. Here's the thing. The Bible says do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. That means the Holy Spirit dwells in you. It's his dwelling place, the temple, right here. Okay, Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you, whom God has given to you to live inside of you. Therefore, you were bought at a price. You're supposed to glorify God in body and spirit. Whenever we sin, whenever we live lawless, what we do is we grieve the Holy Spirit that's dwelling inside of us. What fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? with the unbeliever and the believer. It's like if you're sinning, you're actually grieving the power that God has given. You are actually turning away the power that God has given you. God has given you power so that you can fight the sinfulness that you have inside you, so that you can be obedient to Christ, so that you can be obedient to the Word of God. God has empowered you to do it. And by you making a conscious decision to say, I'm going to be obedient to what God wants me to do, I'm going to dishonor my parents, I'm going to lie, I'm going to cheat, I'm going to steal, I'm going to do all those things, I'm going to have a filthy mouth, I'm going to do what I want to do because this is what I want to do. You're grieving the spirit that God has given you so that you can be successfully right. Why do you want to do that? The correct answer is I don't want to do that. Okay, good. Then don't. Then don't. You have a decision to make. Do you want to be popular or do you want to be obedient? Do you want to be cool or do you want to be obedient? Do you want to be famous or do you want to be obedient? Do you want to be rich or do you want to be obedient? Do you want to do what you want to do or do you want to be obedient to God? Not my will, but your will be done. This can potentially cause so much grief and sorrow, this unevenly yoked thing. Think about it, if I would've stayed with that girl, with this child that wasn't mine, I would've been opened up to so much craziness. I mean, I would've had to rely on God like I never thought, like I've never relied on God before. I'm raising this child with all these mixed emotions, these mixed feelings, I, I mean, I was 17 years old. I didn't know what the heck I was getting myself into. You know, this child right now, I'm 26, so this child would be, this child would be, like, I think the child was like 2, so the child would be 11 right now. I'd have an 11-year-old. That, that wasn't even mine. And then, oh, and then the biological father might have tried coming back in, and here I am, stuck in the middle, like, oh, my goodness, you know? And maybe he would have wanted his, 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 his baby's mama back, and then I would have been stuck in the middle of that jump, too. Why? Because I want a rescuer mentality? Because I was trying to be unevenly yoked with somebody. She didn't know Christ, she needed to know Christ. That was, that was it, she didn't need me. Her baby didn't need me. Her baby needed her mom to be in a relationship with Christ so that she would have a godly mother, you know what I mean? That's what she needed, all right? So, this can potentially cause a lot of grief and a lot of sorrow, even in a friendship. Even in a friendship. Oh, you hear it all the time. My kid's not a bad kid, they were just hanging out with the wrong crowd. Shame on you, you should be smacking them around not allowing them to be unevenly yoked with people who don't love Jesus. That's what I'm going to do when my kids get older. You're going to see, like, hand marks on Isaiah's face all the time because I'm going to smack him around. And then you see a hand mark on my face because my wife will smack me around. She doesn't allow me to discipline Isaiah to her. Right? She does allow me, but she doesn't like it whenever I get too rough. I thank God for her. But the point is, is don't be unevenly yoked. What does everyone need to be rescued from? Oh, okay. Okay, here we go. Because we love people, we want for them to be in relationship with Jesus, right? Yes. 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 Okay. John 13, 34, 35. Got it? You got it? Say it. Say it loud. We want to all hear you. All right. When
1: you command, I give you. Say it loud, real clear, like real loud. When you clear. command,
0: I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, you, As I have loved you, have you so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Okay, translation. Because just in case you don't understand, we'll translate what he just said. Very good. What? To a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, this is Jesus talking, love one another. By this, all will know you are my disciples if you love one another. So we love people because, and we want them to be in relationship with Jesus. That's a good thing, okay? And you know, Because we see the spiritual struggle and we know that they can't get to the Father except they go through Jesus. We want to help them. That's okay. Right now you guys are good. That's okay. That is the exact way we should view those who are not in a relationship with Jesus. That's not hard, right? We love people. Jesus tells us to love people. That's a new commandment he gave us. We see the spiritual struggles they're going through. We know that they need a relationship with Jesus so that they can live in complete joy, complete happiness, that's okay. So what's the issue? Let me tell you what isn't the issue. This isn't the issue. The issue, most of the time, is not that we lack sensitivity for those whom we know that are not doing well or are going through rough times. That's not the issue. Because a lot of times we're sensitive to it. We're very sensitive. We see these people struggling, like, man, they would just get a relationship with Jesus, man, they would be all right. should be. Go- Their marriage shouldn't be going through this. Man, my friend's parents shouldn't be getting divorced. They shouldn't be going through this. They just need to submit their lives to Jesus. I don't know, maybe y'all haven't said that. I've said that so many times. My brother, in and out of jail. Man, if he would just give his life to you, God, why? Why is he messing around with all this foolishness? If he would just give his life to you, he would live in happiness, he would live in joy, he wouldn't have to be going through all this hardship. I got a a brother in law that's facing like so much time in jail, and he's like 21 years old, right? It's like. My heart is just so broken for him because he's young, he has a five-year-old child, and I'm like, he would just surrender his life to you and stop doing everything that he wants to do. Now he's got to sit in there and wait for trial for them to say, you got 20 years. The first plea bargain was 30 what years. What do do? None yet. We can talk about it afterwards if you'd like. But he just basically he just did he, he just lived, he just did everything he wanted to do. That's the bottom line. He didn't submit his life to Jesus. He didn't do much different than what I did when I was 16. Put it that way. He just did a lot of it and he got caught. But my heart goes out to him. I'm very grieved. I love him. I want him to be in a relationship. The issue is not that we lack sensitivity. That's not the issue. What is the issue then? Oftentimes we are very concerned or heavily burdened by these individual situations. However, the issue is our response to these people in their situations. How do we respond? Do we love them according to God's standard of love? Go to First Corinthians thirteen. I say it all the time whenever I talk about God's standard of love. My brother tells me he loves his girlfriend, and very next hour he's over there yelling at her treating her like she's a piece of garbage. That's not love. But I love her. No, you don't. You think you love her. You love her according to your own standard of love. Love her according to God's standard. Are we loving people according to the standard that God calls us to love them by? 1 Corinthians 13. You got that? 1 Corinthians 13. You want me to read it? 1 Corinthians 13. 1 Corinthians 13. You go home and read it, right? 1 Corinthians 13. Okay, I think it's stuck in her head now. All right. Do we respond at all? So the issue is how we respond to these people. Do we respond at all? We should be lovingly attempting to help some, help in some capacity, even if it's behind the scenes in prayer. Do we respond at all? You see the need. Do we respond? It's not that you're not sensitive. You see the need. You're sensitive. It's hurting you. You're grieved. Do we respond? Maybe in prayer. Maybe in confrontation. I don't know. The question is, do you respond? When we respond, do we point to Jesus, or do we try to be the hero with the book bag? Do we try to be the hero, or do we point to Jesus? Remember, no one will be saved from eternal punishment from relationship with Christians. No one will be saved from eternal punishment from relationship with Lene. I know Lene is a good friend. I know she might, you know it's probably cool to be hanging with, but no one's gonna be saved from eternal punishment from being in relationship with no. us. All right. So, what does James say? This is a reference to our response. James says. In the book of James, chapter 5 and verse 16. It says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The prayers of a righteous person availeth much. How do you become righteous? A slave to obedience. A slave to sin produces death. A slave to obedience produces righteousness. Romans 6:16. Prayers of that righteous man who's a slave to obedience will be effective. It will be effective. Okay? You have power in your prayer. Why? Not because you're awesome, but because you have the Spirit of God dwelling in you. Okay? And you're a slave to obedience, producing righteousness. He sent him who knew no sin to be sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. But we have to be a slave to obedience. We can't do it by being a slave to whatever we want to do. Okay? So... Now we know we can pray to God and our prayers are going to be answered. That's a beautiful thing, right? Now there's a solution. So how do we respond? Maybe I'm not bold enough to talk to them, but I'm going to pray for them. and then you go to James chapter 5 verses 17 and 18. if you say, well, Jesus is righteous and, and, and maybe I shouldn't maybe my prayers won't be able to be effective. James would say this. Elijah was a man with a natural with a nature like ours. He was a man with a nature like me and you. He was born into sin just like the rest of us. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. This isn't fairy tales. This is the infallible word of God. This is the scriptures that are without error. The perfect word inspired by God himself. He prayed for it not to rain. A man like me and you, born into sin. That it wouldn't rain and it didn't rain for three years and six months. And then the verse, verse 18 says, and he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. That's what Elijah did. The prayers of a righteous man availeth much. The problem is not that people aren't praying, but it's people aren't being righteous. They're not being, a slave to, they're not being a slave to obedience. Which is why we're called out of darkness. Because we have been given wisdom by God, we see. <clears throat> Where the people that are, are are struggling, where they're not saved, we see where they're headed by observing their lifestyle. You know a tree by its fruit. We've already talked about that. <clears throat> Luke six, forty-four through forty-five. every tree is known by a fruit, for men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from the bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. Friendly abundance of the heart, speak as of mouth. That's why you guys have to deny yourself and follow up to Christ. The Spirit of God has to be dwelling in you. <clears throat> so, in conclusion, what is a hero? <coughs> Urbandictionary.com. I'll tell you what it has to say about it. This was the third definition that it gave. The first definition was so whack, it wasn't even funny. The second one was okay. The third one I liked a lot. It says, "One who lays down his life, so that others can live." What is a hero? One who lays down his life so others can live. What did Jesus do? Natural life? No, not like the fireman. The fireman would be laying. He would be a hero. And the natural. But Jesus laid down his life one time, that the sins of everybody would be covered. And we could all have a relationship with God so that we could all be as slaves to obedience. We can try to be a hero, but simply laying our lives on a line for someone else will never rescue them from eternal punishment. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one goes to the Father except through him. This is why we must walk as new creations in Christ. We must deny ourselves and follow after him daily so that others around us in our everyday lives can experience what true love is the love that only God can offer. He enables us to do this whenever we walk in obedience to his word through the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of us. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Y'all give it up for Jesus. (laughs) I usually don't do the altar calls unless I'm really led to do so, but I, I I would tell you this. If you don't know Christ and you want a relationship with him, If you know that you've been walking according to your own ways, if you've been living however you want to live, ignoring the scriptures, ignoring the spirit of God, ignoring all of his commandments, ignoring obedience, ignoring everything, and just living for you, 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 you. you. Whatever makes you happy, whatever you want, whatever you want, you do. If that's you, please call me. Jessica, can you put my phone number up here? 407-353. 9590. <clears throat> if you plug it in your phone, do whatever y'all want to do with it. But if you want a relationship with Christ, you don't need me to have a relationship with Christ. But I'll hold your hand, I'll talk to you on the phone, I'll come meet with you, whatever you want. I'm here for you. Okay? Because I love you. If I didn't love you, I would be disobedient to what Jesus has commanded us to all do. So I'm not loving you out of obligation, but I'm loving you because Christ dwells in me, and that's what he wants me to do, and I want to be a slave to obedience. Okay? So, if that's you, please, don't hesitate to call me. And even if that's not you, don't hesitate to call me. All right? Some of y'all call me. I like getting phone calls. All right? Some of y'all don't call me. I'll be like, dang, what's going on with this person? Like, call me. Someone call me from your phone. Kelsey called me from your phone yesterday. She's like, is this chat? Yeah, this is Pastor Chad. I don't follow us. Oh, saw there's another chat. Okay. God bless you. Did that really happen? Yes, it really did happen. <laughs> I said, "So you got Coleman's phone, huh?" Yes. Okay. That was in that conversation. Um, and then I was concerned like someone stole your phone. I was like gonna call your mom and be like, "Look, someone's got Coleman's phone." So, but but I I, I left it there. I figured I'd talk to you tonight. All right. So let us close in prayer. There's my number. <laughs>